Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. So this is an exciting episode. It's my first episode with having actual real in-person guests. Uh, My podcast is usually me talking to myself for 10 minutes. We're going to go a little Joe Rogan this time, meaning uh, it's going to be longer. We're going to slow it down. Uh, We're not going to go four hours. Uh, In a wine glass instead of a shot glass. And also, thank you. And also, uh, this podcast uh, is my first fitness edition. So we have many guests today. I brought uh, Andy Thompson because uh, he was a huge part of the, the beginning for me. And so Andy and I represent kind of the old school. And uh, then I also invited Noah and Andre, who we're going to meet real soon. And uh, they kind of represent, I feel like they represent the, the new generation of CrossFit slash fitness and all of that. So um, I want this episode to just throw a wide net where we can kind of talk about uh, the old, the new. It's not a, a, a an old versus the new. It's more of just, um, you know, what's different, what's changed, uh, all of that. And also I want to get uh, personally into your guys' stories as well. So let's start with um, Andy. And then um, I actually would love for you guys to do your own intros, just broad strokes, how you got into fitness, um, you know, just the broad strokes of your, of your story. So, Andy, let's start with you. All right. Um, well, let's see. Um, nice to meet you guys, by the way. Yeah. Nice uh, one, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Um, well, I grew up in, in sports and fitness my entire life. Um, you know, I, was, I grew up put in gymnastics, and then I did track and field. I did all the football, the soccer, and the t-ball, like every kid does. And, um, you played football? Oh, yeah. What position? 
Uh, I was on the B team, man. I was small. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, yeah. I was tight end. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was I, tight end and whenever I got right. to play, uh, most of the time I was bench warmer. That's what I thought. But. Me too. Uh, the kid with the whitest <laughs> uniform. Four seconds into the game, get John Kim out there as I'm running out the, the buzzer. But anyway. Yeah. Right. No, I, That's I, why I'm so aggressive now, making up for those days. So I, I, I would have been happy weighing 120 pounds. At that, yeah, so you, you know. didn't play football, you were on the team. Right, I was on the team. Yeah. I was on the team. Uh, being in Texas, that's kind of where, what oh, you do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what yeah. you do. There's nothing else to do. Right. Um, so uh, later on in life, I got into uh, skating and did all, all the skating and inline, cool. you know, all that stuff. Dabbled stuff. in some motocross, right, exactly, um, and all that stuff. Got serious into fitness uh, when I was 18, and I did it because – two reasons girlfriend first girlfriend broke up with me uh and i was too like skinny no oh. um it was a confidence thing in myself i was okay. like wow i you know mm. just i got dumped and i'm feeling down on myself i need to have any skills man i need skills mm. girls like guys with skills man <laughs> um uh and uh that and then i was this was like the college times where you go to house parties and stuff like that, and my buddies got into a fight, and they got wailed on by dude was just jacked. I mean, from, from who I was at that time, that guy was jacked. Right. I was like, man, that guy. There's no way I would have jumped in. I would got my ass beat. <laughs> um, and so that confidence thing, I was like, I got, I got to get some mass on myself. So I, you know, put on a good 30 pounds and. And I was like, I'm going to start martial arts. So I started martial arts at the same time. And so I started doing all this stuff. And then immediately went, I, I, I kind of have extremist personality. I'm going to go. I got certified uh, through my first certification, Cooper Institute in Texas. I'm going to start training people. And I had no clue what I was doing. I just, <laughs> just know that this worked for me and it's going to work for everybody. Um, uh, has anyone heard of the Cooper Institute in Texas? It sounds like the DeVry of fitness. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty uh oh is it okay yeah, right, actually, right, 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 right. i actually it's know what that is i've heard it's, of a, it's a very yeah. respectful well, i have a level one so <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh it's a texas thing though it is an institute but yeah it kind of sounds like a different thing for sure like if you didn't know any better um uh so you come then, to la yeah and, and then and you uh, start this thing in the park no uh i came to la as a trainer at Golds. Right. And then I stumbled across it because some dude at the gym was like, are you that dude from CrossFit? And I was like, what the? I was like, what, what is that? You know? What year was this? I couldn't even tell you. This was 2005. 2005. <laughs> um, so anyway, I didn't know what it was. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and research what this, who this person thinks I am. Yeah. So I went to this CrossFit website and... I guess they thought I was Chris Beeler because we both had shaved heads. We were both kind of skinny and scrawny. Uh, and, uh, and so anyway, I saw that it was a fitness site, and I didn't understand what was going on. There was just so much stuff. So, But I saw that they had exercises and demos. And at that time, in, in that era of fitness, it was all about who had something fancy and what uh, you could bring and that was interesting and different. Because everybody wanted, you know, it was just always like this competition at the Globo Gym of what kind of fancy shit can you do. <laughs> uh, and so I went to the exercise and demos. And then I would go and make my clients do the movements. And I was like, this is great. It's like new stuff that people haven't done, and, you know. And, and then I noticed that there was a workout of the day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give this thing a shot, you know. And it said, 
you know, for time, you know, I remember it was like seven rounds of 10 ring dips and 10, uh, 10 sumo deadlift high pull. I was like, okay, so I looked up the movements and I go to the gym and I load up the weight, start a stopwatch, I do it, and then it says post time to comment. So I go down on the thing and I go to post my time and, and I took like 14 minutes or something, right? I go in there and everyone's supposed to like five minutes, six minutes. I was like, it's a race. I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, I got to do this again. I got to read it. I'm not going to post my time. It's embarrassing. You know, I wasn't trying. I was just doing it. And so after that, I was, and then I noticed that there were lots of them. And I was like, oh, it's a rep. Okay. So I would do my CrossFit workout and then I would finish doing arms. Or I would do my CrossFit workout and then I'd do my legs or whatever because it was like short workouts and I wasn't going into I didn't know what I was doing. It was all like nothing was ever programmed over the weight of 135 pounds anyway. Yeah. So it was like everything was very light and I was, you know, whatever. Anyway, I would do it every day. And finally I got to the point where I did something. I was like, okay, this is way too intense. I can't do my legs after doing this. I'm just going to do whatever this website says and I'm not going to do anything else. Mm. And then I just turned over and I made all my clients do it and they saw more results in three months of doing that than then they had prior to the two years of training with me prior to and I was like okay everybody needs to be doing this and so I was like okay I'm gonna go and start doing this regularly and at the time I was living with this ex-seal and he was doing CrossFit too Whoa. and so we were kind of both doing it and he was like dude let's start a CrossFit gym and he's like there's not one in LA let's just do it and I was like oh my god you know this was scary. When, 2001. Uh, this is 2006. Whenever mm. we came up with the idea, oh. and then in so what, one of the like, reasons why you like why you're here, like yeah. dirty garage yes, and yes. CrossFit, um, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why you're here. I think um, I don't think you were the first, but I think you were what the, the second. No. Third? So whenever I got certified, I got certified in 2007 because you couldn't affiliate unless you were certified. Right. So I got certified with like. Bill Grundler and, yeah, yeah. and like back in the day, all like Rory and all these guys were getting certified. The same seminar and like CJ was one of the instructors and all these people that were like just kind of OGs were all like yeah. the, there. Anyway, what was sorry to derail here? What was the level one like at that time? You had a new friend. It right. was it was pretty similar to what they're doing now. They're okay. not changing. It was really. still two days. You hung out at a weekend. Still two days. Um, How many people were there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. There wasn't a lot. Uh, there wasn't as many as, as they at their pinnacle. Uh, but there was there were still a handful. And, and it was funny because, like, the people that were there getting certified had known about CrossFit for a while, and they were CrossFitters. Mm. So they weren't okay. just, like, fresh out of the band. Yeah. They, 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 like, had knowledge. Of what, yeah. I, I remember doing Fran, and I, it was the first time I'd ever really done Fran with bumper plates and in a scenario where everybody's racing and it's like I was always by myself and I almost puked I was and like this chick comes up to me after me who beat me by two minutes and she tries to hand me a beer I'm like about to throw up I'm like you guys are nuts anyway so, so you um, opened up CrossFit Hollywood 2000 I, I officially 10? opened up in 2008 whenever I opened okay. my doors um, uh, that wasn't in the park though yeah, that wasn't in the park. You started kind of in the park. I'm, I'm fast forwarding just yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Here's what I want to point way. out before I get to, to uh, Andre and Noah. Um, what's interesting about your story is uh, CrossFit Hollywood is uh, it's the size of a bedroom. It's tiny, and um, but 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 so many people have gone through that place, right? Yeah. Now, how many gyms have 
because of CrossFit Hollywood um, given birth. So because like 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 the CrossFit Hollywood would, to me was like the the nucleus or the catalyst for an explosion of gyms in, in LA. Um, so like Rec Center, Brick, Mindset. Don't yeah. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, there would be no Pharaohs if there was no Mindset. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, that's um, true. Um, and we'll talk about Mindset a little bit later. Uh, I mean, but can I just say I'm, I'm saying don't laugh because Andy's making fun of me. Not we're not making fun of Mindset. All right. Yeah. So if anyone's no, listening, no, no, Mindset's no. a great job. Oh, yeah. uh, Depot. Depot. I mean, there was uh, we can I think somewhere around. 15 gyms directly from from and then what sprouted off of them yeah and so it kind of like it, it, if you wanted to go like that and then it was like putting was water on like gremlins and shit yeah, yeah. so, so it kind of just sprouted uh, also reebok reebok, <laughs> reebok, reebok Lab, i mean just yeah. on and on and on yeah, yeah. um they all started off yeah. yeah and so i just i kind of see you That's as cool. kind of the, yeah, the grandfather fun. of crossfit because we were flipping tires and yeah. we were doing it when 135 was the law. if you did a 225 deadlift people were like oh my god yeah. I, I yeah. remember it was like heavy I remember the first time there was a guy who actually deadlifted 500 pounds in the gym and it was just like it was, it was a guy named Bruce Ellaby and, yeah. oh and yeah you I remember know, Bruce? Yeah, I yeah. Bruce yeah guys deadlifted yeah. 500 pounds everyone was just like <laughs> this guy's <is> freak man <laughs> so that is Andy Thompson um, and I'll tell you my collision oh, with him in a I'm bit sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, at, at, when I started there was uh Cross to Santa Monica with Andy Petranik, and there was right. Mike Latch's gym over in, uh, which is Valley CrossFit, which, you know, was in San Bernardino. Right. Uh, those were the only two gyms, uh, otherwise. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. you were the, you were the one of the first three. Uh, so Noah, tell us a little bit about your story. You were just in grade yeah. school when we were flipping tires. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess first of all, thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, yeah of course. So Andre and I are at uh, are at Pharaohs. I'm the head coach over there. Uh, I did not grow up playing football. Uh, I grew up in a family that was very indoorsy. Um, Monopoly. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just came from a big line of brainiacs who all were really into reading uh, and talking about reading. Um, so I really got into fitness pretty late. Um, I did your regular everyday stuff, but I, I, I think I got into fitness out of a profound curiosity about bodies and how they move. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to school for molecular biology and I, I raced some bicycles while I was in college. Um, after that, I got into ultra marathons because I just was interested in the idea of like how long can I go, and I really liked the mental side of it. And it was always very much um, kind of an academic interest, like how is it that we train? How is it that you like get people to be really strong or really mm -hmm. fast? And like the science, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was just like always interested in biology and interested in exercise physiology as an extension. I I feel like a lot of my coaching comes from that place, uh, but my own f physical fitness and my own relationship with my own body, I think, comes from just uh, some confusion about my own mental health mm -hmm. and uh, a feeling, however academic or otherwise, that the more I moved, the better of a person I was to those around me. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely got into ul racing ultras, and I think a lot of people probably do, uh, just from having... Uh, poor tools to deal with depression sure. and running just made me tired enough that I was cooler to people and myself and I moved from the Pacific Northwest where I went to college down back to Argentina where I grew up and there weren't a lot of good mountains or trails to run there and running on the street meant almost invariably like getting hit by a motorcycle um, and one day I was walking by a, a CrossFit gym like carrying my groceries home and those guys looked like they were having a lot of fun and I was aware that like 
I was aware of the games and I knew who Rich Froning was. So I just started doing that. And then nine months later, I got my level one and that's where it sort of really exploded for me. I remember the sensation of like, of seeing the level one staff coach the people that were in the class and thinking to myself that I had had previously in a, in a different life the, the privilege of getting to see some of the smartest people I had ever met speak in front of a crowd and that these guys were maybe twice as good as they were. Like it seemed like such a cool culmination of art and science. They were funny, they were smart, and they were also just like incredible athletes. Like I'd never seen anybody move like that. Um, I remember specifically there was one of the staff members who was in the sort of Latin American circuit and he was demoing the ring muscle up. He was doing a strict ring muscle up and he was doing it as an L-sit strict ring muscle up. So his legs are out in front of him, his toes are in front are above his hips and he's gonna pull himself over the ring, up to the rings and then over them. But he's doing it in such a way that it takes him about 20 seconds to get from the bottom to the top. Jeez. And it's like slow motion right. and he's talking. <laughs> and he also spoke Portuguese. So he was translating for himself. So he was talking in Spanish and in Portuguese while doing a 20 second long strict Elsa ring muscle up. And that's I thought, impressive. well, like, well, that's that's more impressive than any of the like PhDs that I've ever seen talk. Not because of the complexity of the material, but like the virtuosity with which it was disseminated. Um, I moved back to the States and sort of fiddle around with what I wanted to do and found myself uh, really excited about coaching and how it is that we coach coaches. Um, it seemed like a, a great way to get to hang out with my friends and care for other people and work hard all at the same time. And uh, yeah, consider myself really lucky to get to do it. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Thank you. Cool story. Yeah. yeah. Andre, um, how did fitness enter your life? Um, I think for me, fitness was uh, just kind of a way to deal with all the rage and anger I mm -hmm. had as a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, played baseball all the way up and through college. That was like my main thing. Um, it was just something that was acceptable in Indiana where I grew up. Uh, I had no idea. I had no idea what CrossFit was until I got to California. I had no idea what it was called, who the big people were, what these movements were. Um, I had no idea who Rich Froning was. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it until I got to Pharaohs. And um, but going back, uh, just growing up, like it was football, basketball, or something else. Baseball wasn't really even like an option, but it's Indiana, so it's mainly basketball. I couldn't dunk, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do something else. So um, as a kid, I got bullied a lot and just made fun of so much, and I wasn't taught how to express that or feel your feelings or emotions. Wait, were you small as a kid or were you big? Oh, super small. I think uh, I got to high school barely 85, 90 pounds oh, soaking wow. wet. Yeah, okay. graduated college or dropped out, I should say, to move to California uh, at about, I think I was 140 or 150, like yeah. just small yeah. my whole life. Yeah, so I was just like, all right. And then baseball, I was like, oh, you don't have to hit home runs. Like you can just bunt and just mm -hmm. run real fast and mm -hmm. piss people off and you're still cool. So that was acceptable, so I did that, and I didn't really think much of it. I was like, you see the ball, you hit the ball, you run. To me, it was that logical, that simple. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to beat anybody. I was just really just trying to find something else to do with myself other than just sit around all angry and depressed. So uh, I got to high school, and um, my brother was a senior when I was a freshman. And he was mainly the one who used to pick on me and like mess with me. So he started wrestling 
I didn't know what that was. But then when I heard that you can basically beat the shit out of somebody for six minutes and not get in trouble, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> and so I wrestled 103 at maybe 85, 90 pounds. And I got third in the state that year, first time ever wrestling, sophomore year. I got runner-up uh, junior year. I got fourth in senior year. I just didn't want to do it anymore. But uh, I played baseball all up and through that, and I got a baseball scholarship to Purdue. And I went to Purdue, and it was cool. It was fun. Uh, I was just trying to figure out how I could get to California. And I was like, all right, maybe baseball, maybe I could turn pro, and I could get on a AAA or AA team or just somewhere out of Indiana. I just wanted to leave. And uh, never really lifted weights. Uh, weightlifting for me and fitness was a parachute and a baseball tee. That was it. I had no idea what a barbell was. I saw people doing it, but I didn't care. I didn't care about pull-ups or dips. I, I could not care whatsoever. Sure. And I got to California and um, yeah, I just started going to uh, gyms and I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, just do some bench press or that's what all the cool guys do. Maybe some squats. And I had no idea what I was doing and it hurt my back the first time. So I was like, I'll just do bench press and maybe some pull-ups. That seems socially acceptable. And I just kind of just did that and ran on the treadmill for a while. Would do sprints because that's what I was used to. And uh, in 2018, a buddy of mine uh, was like, hey, do you want to come to this, uh, my gym with me? They're doing a workout to, I think it was like to raise money for cancer research or just mm -hmm. something where it was like for the community. I was like, oh, I'm all about that. So we went and that was my intro to Ferris Athletic Club. And I was like, what is this place? Like everybody knows everybody. I see a couple dogs, like this is nuts. <laughs> like what are these people doing? And I had never seen a rig before. Right. I was like, what is this? Do you guys do like trapeze or something? <laughs> like this is amazing. Right. And I saw like rope swims, like, oh man, I did that in gym. Like this, this looks fun. Just total little kid, like no idea what I was doing. And uh, really just kind of, uh, jumped into uh, the classes, the strength training classes, and then I saw somebody do a bar muscle up. And I was like, what is that? Like, oh, it's a bar muscle up, like it's kind of a CrossFit thing. I was like, what's CrossFit? I'm like, are you kidding? It's like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, what is that? Like, how will CrossFit show me how to do one of those? And I'm like, yeah. So I started taking the um, class that they have that uh, has CrossFit type movements, and I just learned the bar muscle up, and then I wanted to learn like a snatch, and then I wanted to learn what a clean and jerk was. It's pretty much just been a progression of that. Like yeah. I could care less who lifts more than me. I could care less if I win a workout. I really just have fun working out with my friends and learning new movements. Yeah, and that's uh, my intro to fitness. I um, I invited you guys because uh, I, I work out with you guys. You know, once or twice a week. When when it, so they do compete. It's kind of like the hardcore CrossFit. Um, I can't make it every day, but when I do, uh, either Noah, Noah's teaching it or participating, and, and Andre's always. You know, um, usually first or first or second or something, and um, so they say. And uh, uh, what was interesting for me is when the pandemic hit, and Ferris was outside completely. Um, we would work out together yeah. and just, hey, what's up? How are you? And we were just all kind of like around the yeah. same level, right? Mm -hmm. And then I saw you guys starting to put in like two, three hours at six in the morning. Like when when I would come, you guys would be like, oh, we've been here for. And, I, and then I would be like, oh my God, these guys are like, now they're doing what, what I did when I was with Andy and I was like 37. Mm -hmm. And so it was really fascinating for me to watch your guys' uh, trajectory, your progression. And then um, it seemed like you guys um, were working out together, mm -hmm. like super early, but like huge volume, following, you know, programming and all that. And then I got to see um, you guys both just skyrocket. And then I was like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. So 
it seems like yeah, you guys should probably get other hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so fine. you guys you, you guys basically lost your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just um, dove what, in, yeah. What happened where you guys went from um, fitness is fun to now doing like you know the the like what we call training right like the yeah. two hours a day the two and I don't know if that's still happening but I know that 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 one I, was it a summer that that one period of like the pandemic you guys were yeah yeah uh, well for me it's um, like nothing really has changed it's just now we're, I'm just doing more and I'm just getting more confident in the movements and I just now it's a fun challenge to see how far I can push myself right. Um, but again, it's really just like, like I, you know, I'm 37. I started this maybe a little over a year ago Yeah. and I'm not trying to go to the games. I'm not trying to, you know, be anything other than Andre. That's it. Like I, I just have fun working out with my friends and watching them push themselves as far as they can go, like inspires me. It's like, all right, well, what's deep down in there that I haven't tapped into yet? Like, uh, am I able to, um, finally do this 50-foot handstand walk when I just learned how to like stand on my hands you know or just it's, it's really just I enjoy the challenge of just breaking through in my mind to one more limit like what is one thing I can just like break free from right. it's like oh I'm not bound by that anymore do you think because um, there's addiction in your blood correct there's, there's addiction what? addiction in your blood oh, for yeah sure. for me yeah. too mm -hmm. do you think that there is an obsession so um, one year mm -hmm. Uh, what's your back squat like four or something? Uh, four oh five. Four oh five. Last week. It's Deadlift crazy. is like what? I don't like, know. Something but really high. It right. might be past four oh five or yeah. something. So like yeah. in one year, that strong, that fast, which means you had to have put in thousands of hours. You can, know. I, can I just let it here and hype? Andre yeah, yeah, of course. So Andre likes to say that when he first showed up at Pharaohs, he could barely back squat two twenty five, which is like a respectable amount of weight. Sure. Incredible. Yeah. Sure. Healthy guy. Um, and yeah, two weeks ago he back squatted four or five, and it like didn't even look hard. Um, so I have to say, while I, I deeply love Andre Hall, it's also infuriating <laughs> to be friends with him because it's like it makes one reckon with your own lack of genetic potential. Well, this Andre is... is just he's just built different, and if you're like an average guy that you might bump into it at Trader Joe's, it like it's a phenomenal look at your own mediocrity to work sure. out with this kid. Sure. And I, and I wonder if this also falls into the new generation because when Andy and I were doing it. Um, it, it, it wasn't that heavy and then this new generation it's like 225 is the beginning mm -hmm. you know and for us that was the, that was like the man weight for dude us. when i we didn't have squat racks so we oh, that wow. we had like plastic crates that we would stack yeah, yeah, we still have and then have like and, and i didn't have 45s bumpers i had tens i had 10 pound bumpers and we would just i had enough for around 220 pounds. <laughs> so once you got the two, that was all the weight in the whole. That, that's it. Right? That's like, it. You don't have you any the yeah, Good right, for right. you, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I definitely think like uh, having a history of addiction yeah. uh, in my life and in like my family, it there is something internally that you just have to find something to lock into that you don't go back to um, like the darker places of using uh, substances or alcohol or sex or food or whatever it is to kind of numb yourself to yeah. what you're not dealing with. Yeah. And thank God, like I was forced to deal with my stuff and fitness has just kind of been a, a, a very healthy way of supplementing that from going back into the dark and using things to um, not deal with my shit. Yeah, uh, if you yeah. didn't if you didn't hear um, Andre's story on uh, my podcast before, 
Um, I just want to remind you of this one scene because it gave me chills, and Andy hasn't heard it. Um, so at the, the lowest point of Andre's life, he, he almost took his life, and so uh, he had a gun to his head. And he was in a car, a Honda Civic, that was just a, a broke-down Civic, and uh, the, the radio was detached, like there were no, they, they didn't work, there's no wires or anything. And uh, he was praying, and he was contemplating, and um, he was about to kill himself, and the radio came on. Yeah, yeah, it still like blows my mind, like I was just done, like done with the world, like I was just over everything over everyone and I just didn't want to feel anymore because I felt so much and uh, like he said I had a gun and I had this car I duct taped trash bags to the ceiling and the floor signed the title over to whoever and just practice like all right when I do it you know they can just pull out the trash bag and somebody can have this car I didn't care and uh, like he said the radio I mean this car was like maybe three million miles on it like <laughs> the wires were going all over the place never turned on and all the time that I had it and I had the gun like to my head and I was just praying and crying crying and praying it's like all right if you're here you better show me something now because I'm about to come meet you or I'm about to go meet your red friend with a uh, pitchfork and horns but I'm out I'm done and right as I was about to pull the trigger the radio turned on in the song called I Need You Now by a gospel artist named Smokey Norfolk um, came on and I just, I just sat there and just sobbed, just boo-hoo cried, and the whole song played. And when the song was done, the radio turned off, and like I'm pushing buttons, and it never, never played again. again. But I just thought it was wow, so profound. Wow, that's it was crazy. Just like, Prove me now if you are here. And it, the song is called "I Need You Now." Yeah. It's like, okay, so all right, I guess that's it. And like to me, like John said, it's like once you hit rock bottom, there was no place to go but up. And I think now. That contributes a lot to like working out and like doing the workouts. Like, I'm genuinely just grateful to be able yeah. to move and still be in this lifetime. That's powerful, man. Yeah, that's, that's a that's wild, a man. that's a really cool story. By the way, that's you nuts. met the Pitchfork guy. He's sitting right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does your programming. That's right. That's but right. yeah, I mean, even in the the year uh, that we were just outside, like, yeah, it was just it was me, Noah, Alex, uh, this guy named Michael Mata, who's just awesome human being, and they just start they were doing i was working the desk and i saw them i was like man they're like it's been like two hours and they're yeah. still getting after it yeah. and i was like oh man like i want to try that so it just worked out that i got to jump in with them and we were just hitting it five days a week so i'm going to be yeah. honest with you and andy let me know wh wh uh, where you're at with this and 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 uh, you may be at a different place with your fitness because i know you climb rocks you, you do all these other things um i was going down mm. and i was watching you guys going up Mm. And it made me so mad. I didn't have the time. I still don't have the time to put in the two hours. Mm. Or go to, and so watching you guys go up and me just, I was just doing train. I was, you yeah. know, all my numbers were down and, and I was just trying to maintain. And I was just You're like, cold, buddy? I'm freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like kind of got a quiver in his so voice. It's fine, man. I know. I, I know it's no. emotional time right now. <laughs> I, um, I felt like the, uh, the kid on the bench. Mm. And then I kind of got fired up. Oh. And then I and then um and and now I'm a little confused because I uh I am I'm, I'm not I'm I'm still not as uh where I used to be. I think at 37 was my peak. Um, but hanging out with you guys has definitely um, pushed me mm. like go harder, yeah. do more, um, all of that. What about you? Do you do you as a 52 uh, year old man now? Do you feel <laughs> Do you feel like the kid got left that got left behind, or are you like, oh, that, uh, that's that was a, a great question. 
Oh boy. With the in, in regards to fitness and seeing these other people like kind of have and seeing their potential and how right, right, that fire like, and because we were there actually. All right. Yeah. As as yeah, as yeah, a probably. coach, I think that it's important to embrace. So it's like if I and as y'all as you as a coach, if you see somebody with genetic potential which is greater than your own, if you're not helping them reach it, then you're not a good like coach. You're not a good coach, <laughs> right. right? And that, that means that they're going to get better than you at some point, you right. know, and, and having to relinquish that because for so long you were at this massive pinnacle where you were the number one. Uh, I think I had to let go of that a long time ago. I think that was with, especially with like JP. <laughs> There, well, well let's, let's be honest. So in the early days, there was a lot of ego across totally. the board. I mean, there it was, it was very different ego. than Paros. Um, we would do workouts in the morning, and if, and if you didn't make, like, top three, top four, we would come back at night and do it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, Which wow. is just ego. Wow. It was back oh, in the toxic masculinity. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And think about it all day. It was, it was critical. It was, yeah. Like, really? you didn't hit the 10-foot line on that one rep. That guy. Yeah. Out. I'm, out. I, I, I remember I he, was he like, would call me on shit, dude, like I no would, range of motion. Like, I literally <laughs> cut a check I, and I was like, hey, dude, you did 20. I, well, at first, before I cut him a check, I was yeah. like, hey, you did. You only did 20 reps. You were supposed to do 35. He's like, no, I did 35. I'm like, right, here's, here's your money back. See you next time. You're not, wow. you're not welcome here. It I was, was like, that it was that cutthroat, bro. Like, I'm were not you, telling you. I'm, I'm curious about that. Were you having a lot of fun doing it? <laughs> oh, dude. It was, it was about. That like it was just about hey this is a place where you got to put in and you right. got to do it exactly how it's supposed to be done mm, right. otherwise wow. it's not for you it's like mm. there was blood on the walls I mean yeah. people were sitting there like I remember one point there was like a prospective mem member like yeah. that was like checking out the gym and there was this guy doing grace and the grace is thirty cleaning jerks for time or whatever and he does a cleaning jerk and he hits himself in the nose and he starts bleeding. And, Nobody <laughs> checks on them all. They're just like, go, 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 go. This chick is just like, oh my god. It's like fight club. Like, it was like fight club. Like, yeah. exactly. Nobody helped her. She's like, no way. I am out. Like, this is wow. crazy. But yeah, it was just so cutthroat. But now I think that to go back to the question, yeah. I have found that um, I will never be as fast as I was. I will never be as strong as I was. I will never get younger. And so it's a matter of like, hey, how do I feel today in my own skin and what I want to do? Like, mm -hmm. am I able to embrace that? Or am I gonna live in, in this path of who I was and constantly beat myself up over not hitting my best PR of whatever? Mm -hmm. See, I struggle with that because as I head toward 50, a part of me is like, just like you, like your peak was 37, it's just now just maintain, go do different things and have fun. And then the other part of me is like, try to be as strong as you were at 37 and 50. Can you do that? Is that possible? Mm. Um, like for me, the, 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 and I think I told Andre uh, at Mindset I did, um, and I'm a small guy, right? So I'm not like bragging about numbers, but for me, this was heavy. Um, I did 220, 20 times unbroken back squat and Pete was wow. recording me. 
That's um, impressive. And man. I was one one fifty something, one fifty five. He was a, wow. a force to be reckoned with. And then you know, back Scott would be three fifty. He yeah. still is. Don't don't and let I, him fool you. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. They work out and, together. And, um, yeah, all yeah. my all my range of motion is questionable, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's a hard time counting, right. but at the same time. <laughs> and, and I and I've also shaved wet reps, which we'll talk about. Um, um, but but now I think okay, well, can I do that at fifty? And so there's that like David Goggins. There's that part mm. of me that's like. Well, you know, you're a therapist, you study psychology, um, prove yourself wrong. Go, mm-hmm. You have two years, do this. Yeah. And then there's the other part of me that's like, dude, let it go, man. Go have fun. And so sometimes when I go to compete, uh, it's just with myself, yeah. I don't even have fun. Because there's this yeah. inner battle, right. you know. I was gonna ask you. About or that, when so. I do train, I have a blast. Yeah. Because I, it's just, I'm just it's having like it's fun. no right. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I definitely hear like the curiosity in your voice about like about your own self, your own mind, your own body, and sort of fostering that relationship. I also don't hear a lot of joy in that. Like that's yeah. miserable. No, I know. It's like a and, great way to bring all of your positive energy <laughs> from the day, bias it into seventy-five minutes, and come out invariably feeling bad about yourself. Mm. Yeah, and and, and that's a, an important topic. I think a lot of athletes um, struggle with. Mm. Like, are you now at a point where you're putting so much pressure on yourself, it's no longer fun? Yeah. You know? Right. I think, I think, I think if you're comparing yourself, absolutely. I yeah. think that if, yeah. if you are just like, hey, I'm interested to see. It's like, I think it, it, it can go in waves. Whether like, okay, I want to see, you know, how big I can get for, for me who I am right now. And then I'm going to shred up and that be a goal. Or like, hey, I'm going to increase my back squat again. I want to see how heavy I can get my back squat. Or whatever it is for you in that moment, I think that that in itself, having your small goals, never ends. But I think that having to compare yourself to where you were at one point isn't fair. I mean, that's what it is. It's yeah. it's actually self comparison. You know, a lot of actors who make it um, or have some success early on, like these childhood actors, mm-hmm. when they're adults, they struggle so much because it's all about the acceptance of the new and letting go of the old. Yeah, and so, I, I think a lot of athletes, especially like at at the games level. What do you do when you've been training that hard and then it's kind of over yeah. and then you're left with the residue? You so, know? So, so hold on. So if you, if you go to the gym and you realize like, that, you, like, that your own fitness is impermanent, your body is impermanent, you realize that, okay, maybe at 50 you're not as good as you were at 37. I'm curious about what story does, do you tell yourself about that? Like, I'm, like what's maybe specifically and mechanistically, like, what's negative about that? Is that, is it like, death is coming for us all and this is a way for me to reckon with my own? Is it like I'm not trying hard enough? Is it I'm not good enough? Like, I am guess I think there could still be a lot of joy in, in remembering that like I'm, I could be 50 and still do a muscle up and as opposed to I can't do as many unbroken as I used to. Yeah. I guess it, I'm just it, curious about tying, if you can tell us more about the experience of like it, why is it negative to not be as good as you used to? It's mm-hmm. tying um, performance to worth. It's tying mm, sure. um, yeah. your value to what you can do and because um crossfit was the first thing that i found after break dancing when i was 12 that i was kind of okay at um i held on to it with two hands mm-hmm. and so now it's like it's tied to my worth even not as much as it used to be but it's still tied yeah. and so these fuckers are triggering like if these <laughs> if these guys weren't around yeah. right because yeah, like jeff kind of like you know the people that, that i was working out hard with they're like you know jeff's doing like um, marathon, other kind yeah, of things that are different, and he's happy. And that's yeah. great. Yeah. I never found that thing, right? Yeah. And so I kind of like still am cross, uh, seeing, uh, doing CrossFit, and then I come across people like you, and then it activates that side of me where it's like, 
dude, you need to like go back and, and you, you know, go, go, so, go find your yeah, kid. Go really find the phone booth. It's really self-worth. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. it's almost like the likes, the kind of the, the, that paradox of, of, um, I'm not, I'm sorry, not a paradox, but whenever you get all the likes, you get the dem- dopamine release mm. and it's like seeing you yourself ranked amongst your peers and being at the top of that gives you some sort of value of like, I am this. Yes. And also, can I say, um, because <laughs> this is, I don't know why this follows me around. It's been following me around since Cross Hollywood. So I'm beatable, right? Like you're not, you might, you know, you're not, I don't know, depending on where you guys are at, right? Like Jeff is not because you guys are, you know. So at Crossfit Hollywood, I was the guy that's like, oh, he's that older guy that he's kind of good, but he's beatable. So everyone kept trying to beat me. It was almost like they were like, it was, it was almost like totally. bullying. It was like, it was as like, long oh, as I didn't yeah. do as bad as John Kim. <laughs> We're all right. Because all right. It, cause like, 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 like this the is very enlightening because right. I'm just like, I'm so new to the CrossFit thing. It's like, I think like that's the thing that I'm, I've come to experience with like, I won't say the older generation of CrossFitters. That just sounds very disrespectful. But like from your era of CrossFit when you did it versus to us doing it right now, it sounds like it was just a big melting pot of just toxic masculinity of everybody just trying to best yeah, one another and it didn't that. matter if you felt that. good about yeah. yourself well, I'm, oh, I'm sorry finish yeah no, no no it was just like it just seemed like it was just so much of budding heads and like it doesn't sound like you guys really had a good time. Oh, like, it was a great it. time, actually. We, we really? did. No, no, no. no. Okay, it changed. Well, that's the part no, I was, was like, did they not have fun? It's it, like they were it, trying it to kill It was very kind of underground fight clubby. <laughs> there was a lot of bonding. Yeah. And then when it got really competitive, for me, it got a little toxic in that um, I start, my, my range of motion was kind of going out the window, and he would call me on that shit. Mm. And then there was a couple times where I felt so much pressure, I would start to shave reps. Oh. And then on my drive home, I'd feel really shitty about it. Oh, wow. And then... He started spreading a rumor that I do it all the time, and I didn't. I, like one one out of fifty yeah, workout. Check no, the cameras. No, no, no. One, one out of fifty. That's the whole look, point one of having of, cameras. One out of fifty workouts, I might go eight instead of ten. But I get it. I get it. I get it. It's wrong, especially like with his standards. Like, yeah. and I would feel shitty. Um, and then I also just being kind of an ADD, uh, long workouts with a lot of math mm-hmm. I, I literally just like it's not an intentional thing I might lose count oh no no one yeah. will tell me like five yeah. times I forget where I'm at it's right on right. the board but and I still do it Ryan's like no that's right. not he didn't do what it, it is he would catch me and think I did it on purpose and then there, and then there started to be like hey uh, then John, it turned into yeah. a thing yeah. and then I but see. There, there has been times that I have intentionally I think even recently or maybe about a year ago even with like Noah um, as you were coming up, I think there was one time you were like, dude, I think you shaved reps. Um, and I probably, I probably did it intentionally because of pressure and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't really anymore. Mm. Uh, if I, I'll, I'm being, if I do it now, it's completely accident. Um, but it's just, but, I think the idea behind it is really just like, no, but yeah, you're how right. You feel when you're done. Like, it's not even about the reps or doing it or shaving it or whatever. It's just like, why do I still feel like I have to do this in order to belong with these younger like cross? Right, right, and, and and that's also why that's also why I wanted to bring in these younger guys, the old verse, um, not verse, but the, the old and the new. Um, if the byproduct is you shaving reps or doing things that kind of devalue your character and your worth, mm-hmm. then that is it's toxic. It's no longer fun. Hmm. 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, there's that, a, there's a totally desperation. Agree. There's a yeah. fakeness to it. Because for well, me, it's like I don't. I'm just like I just want to have a good time. Like right. as soon as I stop having fun with CrossFit, I'm done. Right. I will just go. I'll start rock climbing. I'll swim again. Like I just. To me, it's just like I need to do something that I feel good first. And if my the outside follows, wonderful, cool, hallelujah, wonderful. But if the inside starts feeling bad, that takes me down a different path, and I'm just like, this is not healthy for me. I but you're stop. you're only in a year. What if you started competing and started winning medals and shit? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's like I never had game. that desire. Oh, like yeah, to me, big. like when I was a kid, like playing baseball was the thing. Um, like obviously you, you do do like travel teams and like you go to little league world series but i grew up in like the like the inner city and like we were just poor we barely had enough to even get new uniforms so that was never really a possibility and just you know i think all the socioeconomic factors kind of contributed more to um the feelings of self-worth than sports ever could yeah because sports for me was a way to get away from all the shit that i felt bad about at home but I think for a lot of, at least in my experience thus far, a lot of like serious CrossFitters, I feel like this is a way to prove that themselves that they are good enough. And I'm just like, wow, see, I, I think that, that me, it makes me want to just like give them love and like a hug. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have a totally different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would just love for you to feel what I feel, just the fact that I learned how to do a muscle up today, let alone the fact that doing 12 or 15 unbroken, yeah, that's cool. But that means nothing to me if like when I'm done that I don't feel like I just like conquered the world just because I did this one movement right. as opposed to somebody going home just like, man, I shave reps. Like, God, I'm terrible. I'm a nobody. I should right. kill myself. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just so like, A lot of times that's about the recognition I feel. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like, it's like sure. hey, I just want to be noticed by my peers. Mm. I yeah. just want to be noticed. It's like people shave those reps more often than not like typically you know we have our leaderboards right mm -hmm. at our gym and and to get on the leaderboard you have to do it as it's prescribed and you have to do it you know under the supervision of right. a coach or yeah. you know in a scenario where it's going to count and if it's questionable somebody's like hey that's i i time you know i i'm on the leaderboard now we'll go and review it and on the video, because literally, like I yeah, said, cameras are there for, yeah, yeah I mean, if you're breaking into a gym, you're going to steal some weights, but good for you, man. <laughs> Hope you better your life. <laughs> the, the cameras are there to count the reps. Um, anyway, uh, and, you know, I would say a good, at least two out of five didn't do it. Yeah, and a lot of times it's just because they just want to be noticed. They just want to like see like, me, they, hear Yeah, me, it's like, hey, me. I'm one of y'all too. Yeah. I yeah. want to be part of the club. I see. Yeah. And it was like this, like, Man. accept me, love me too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think just in general, like I have a couple of friends who are like uh, former uh, NFL players. I got one buddy who still plays in the NBA. I've known him since like kindergarten. Yeah. And we were speaking to each other and he was just like, man, you were so good at baseball. Like, you got a full ride to a D1 school and you could have turned pro and you didn't. Like, don't you feel bad? I'm like, why would I feel bad? He's like, because, man, you could have went to the top and you didn't. I was like, yeah, but think about that. Like, I had a choice to do it. There's power in that. Right. Like, I mean, it's cool to get recognized on that level, but that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I, the real question is, who are you without basketball? And he turned 50 shades of white and just yeah. got real quiet no, and said he had to go. Nothing, he said, yeah. my baby's crying. Yeah. I was like, you're home alone. Yeah. Your kid's not even there. <laughs> but the thing about it is, it's just like, I think it's the identity of being an athlete. Yeah. Who am I if I'm not 
20 reps on broken back squat at 225. Who am I? Two, uh, I'm 250. Not, oh, 250. Don't, don't get me. that shit twisted, no, no, Andre. See, that's the thing. It's, it's triggering. <laughs> see? Case in point. Like, who am It's right. the who am right. I of like the identity is like we identify so hard in being an athlete or being like a, a scientist or a runner or sure. um, a gym owner or like a, a podcast like person. Like, there's always going to be rankings. And it's just like, Am I good enough if I'm not like the top podcaster? Am I good enough at the compete class at Ferros Athletic Club if I don't beat everyone? True. Am I good enough if like, you know, I didn't open the hottest gym or if I didn't have enough bumper plates or whatever? You can always come up with something. And for me, it's just like, man, how come like you're just great just because you decided to do it? Like that's my whole mentality well, when it comes that, to, like you're just well, great. That's you're rare. Here. That's rare, and that's a gr- good place to be where you're I at. I wish well, I could give that to yeah. people because I'm yeah. just like, man. I would I buy it. So I would that. buy it, man. Yeah. So totally. Getting to think about the way that we we behave as an institution and the way that our coaches behave mm-hmm. in front of our athletes. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we call everybody who has a heartbeat an athlete. But I think there's a long way that we've come in maybe the last 15 years as people who do this like capital C capital F CrossFit nonsense. Yeah. Um, I think we've done a good job, or at the very least, I can detect a, an inflection point in valuing results versus valuing effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think there's a way that you can speak to an athlete where it's not like, "Wow, you did so, you did this thing, or this this uh, this feat is so impressive," and maybe we can just sort of eliminate that language entirely and just say yeah. like that effort is so impressive. The attempt, yeah, or like, yeah. way to try, way to try again, way to fail spectacularly. Yeah, I think there's a way that we can very clearly make institutional decisions that reward character and put character first versus results first. Because I think particularly with men, particularly with competitive men, um, I think a lot of our self-worth is wrapped up in what we can do. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, What we can do for our partners, what we can do at work, results. And I think that's, that can be leveraged into a lot of really beautiful things, but a lot of the time it can be weaponized to make us feel really bad about ourselves probably bat worse about ourselves than anybody has ever made us feel. And I think that if we can channel all of this intense masculine energy into a really healthy space, or at least a space that is trying to be healthier, where we can work out really hard just because it's fun. And when we're done, we're just glad that we got to hang out together. Because frankly, the way that I like to say this, um, eight people with one beer is way cooler than one person with eight beers. Nice. I'm not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, That's cool. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah totally. totally agree, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, you know, so I don't know the numbers, but as far as, like, suicide, it's, like, 90% men. So women think about it. They, they don't pull the trigger. Men actually pull the trigger. Yeah. And then when it comes to um, uh, uh, shootings, mm-hmm. it's all men. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, when it comes to men, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of suppression, a lot of tying worth to the external um, that we keep inside. And then how it manifests is, you know, all these things. And so as an athlete, and if you're listening to this, ask yourself, like, you know, um, one of the things that Noah Noah just said earlier was like, are you you finding joy in this? Mm. And I think that's kind of the first question. If you actually find yourself not even enjoying whatever you're doing, um, you got to reset, man. Yeah. You know, and and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm I'm confused right now. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna, um, you know, go start you know something different or just maintain and just kind of come or 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 try to go you know like super hard. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm in that weird limbo stage, mm. you know? Well, I think it's important to do different stuff and not oh, just sure. do yeah. one thing. I think it's almost like mandatory. You should mm. do stif- different stuff. It's like if you're stuck in the same thing, repeating the same thing day in and day out, never experience any other parts of, of what life or fitness, yeah. if you will, has to offer. I, I tried traversing work once uh, in Malibu. <laughs> that, that didn't turn that out That one got well. a million plus hits. Yeah, that, that didn't turn great. out well. That was, that was fantastic. No, yeah, but, I, but, but as far as fitness goes in general, I still enjoy it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a part of my, my, I mean, the dopamine you get, the, you know, five seconds after any workout, um, it's still a big part of my life. So I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Good. Good. Okay, so here's my next question. Um, what is next for you? So whether you're a coach, a business owner, an athlete, uh, or maybe there is no next, maybe this is it, you know, like what is next for you um, as an athlete, as a coach, as a, uh, a business owner? So let's start with Andre. Um, probably what's next for me is um, on the fitness aspect, I think I'll just keep maintaining this until I'm not having fun anymore. Mm. And then I'll just find something else, you know, it's like baseball, Seriously doubt I'll play that ever again. I might coach at some point, just see if I can mold little minds, and you know, that would be a fun challenge. But um, as far as like CrossFit, like I might keep going to see, you know, how far I can push myself. But if it starts getting to a point where I'm comparing and not feeling good, then I will definitely just stop and just probably go back to just lifting weights, or I might just grab a parachute and maybe just try to I'm see sure. how fast if I could shave some time <laughs> off the sixty, you know. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, it's, it's just for me is keep feeling good until it doesn't mm. and find something else that makes you feel better. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. Noah, what's next for you? I think I'm interested in trying to find progressively harder and harder things and see how easy I can make them look. Nice. Well, uh, you have a dream of getting a boat and sailing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, <laughs> I'd like to maybe leverage all of this coaching stuff into something that could be remote. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Buy a million dollar hunk of fiberglass and sail around the world. Yeah, Hell yeah. that's actually that's one cool, of his dreams. Great. That, yeah. sounds, um, that sounds awesome. If there was anybody listening to this, there's a lot of YouTube channels that have done this. <laughs> it's a lot more cost or not more viable than you might think. Just let I throw that out there. Yeah. Nice. If anybody's like stuck at a dead end job, like man, what what could I do? Go get a boat and sail. It's it's cool. Anyway, um, I really love coaching. It sort of snuck up on me. I like genuinely love it. There's a lot of people who just like coach group yeah. fitness because it's a way for them to. I could sense it when you coach. But like yeah. I, yeah. Really I could sense love it. it. Me too. Yeah. I'm almost embarrassed to be honest. Like <laughs> I should probably like cooler stuff, but I love coaching. Yeah. And I, um, and that that enjoyment is compounded in coaching other people that coach, right. like in helping empower the people that empower other people. Help it feels people like help I can people. be like. Yeah. This feels like a cool way to nerd out about it uh, and get to do the science that really enlivens me. Um, but yeah, when it comes to my own movement, I, it, it helps me be a, a better husband and a better friend. It's a really cool way to get to hang out with my friends in ways that are not like Netflix or drinking. Um, and yeah, I, I love that the goalpost get, keeps getting moved in CrossFit. Like it's always heavier, it's mm-hmm. always faster, there's always new mm-hmm. things to do. I actually find that really stimulating. And I love the idea of not trying to chase a score or like a specific performance, but like how can I make something that's probably pretty hard seem effortless? And that seems like a really like natural expression of my body. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Andy, what's next for you? Besides being a father, which means you won't have time to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I can't oh, go man. put in two hours a day. Um, you know, I, I 
dabble a lot. I have so many interests uh, and there's so much life left to live. Mm -hmm. um, I've dabbled in the idea of uh, opening a martial arts school, oh, um, cool. TBH. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually also dabbled in the idea of going back to school and getting uh, more, in, uh, more knowledge. Um, I've also dabbled in moving to the East Coast or to Northern California or to Southern California or to, <laughs> honestly, I'm kind of just enjoying the, the excitement of ideas nice. that come at me that I, I don't have some sort of like, this is what I'm going to do just yet. I'm just going to wait till it feels right. And it always ends up manifesting in something amazing. Yeah. And so it's like, I love where I'm at and I love where I'm heading and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and, until those opportunities always end up showing up yeah. right when they need to. And that to me is something that I've uh, always has always happened for me. So I'm excited nice. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, God, I'm jealous at all these mindsets. <laughs> cause I feel, um, it's funny because after this, if you guys don't see me, uh, compete anymore uh, <laughs> oh fuck John must have had a revelation what is he doing now oh yeah he's um he's Sailing jogging he's running yeah um think, dude you're you're tough on yourself man yeah I was gonna I think say you know what too. it is you know what it is um um I have this false belief of being the almost guy so mm. um, wait what does that mean explain that the, that I could I could take the ball to the you know 88th yard line I can't I can't score the touchdown so mm. that's always been a false belief and so when I was a, a, a screenwriter um, you know, I got repped, I sold one screenplay, but I wasn't able to make it into a career, so I stand mm -hmm. failed there, right? And then when I started writing books, I had this huge, like, oh, dude, what if they find out that I, you know, I'm a C student, I went to Cal State Northridge. What if they, you know, find out that I'm not really a, a writer? Um, so I had this, this false mm -hmm. belief. And I wonder with um, the athlete, it ripples, because everything ripples, I wonder if there's a deeper belief um, because I was okay, um, never made it to the games, uh, you know, never was the, the, the guy that you can't beat. Mm -hmm. So I always just came almost. And I think because of that core uh, belief that is usually subconscious, yeah. um, you're always chasing, you're always making up for it. Oh, so in order to not be almost, I'm going to, you know, do whatever X, Y, Z. So maybe that might be part of it. So I don't know. Well, if it makes you feel any better. You're one of my uh, only friends that I'm like in constant awe of admiration for. Oh, yeah. It's like I actually yeah, and I and I don't give you a whole lot. I, I'd rather I don't you know, I don't give you, you give me anything. Send, send Let's you be a honest, a whole bunch of Korean jokes and, and stuff. Like that. <laughs> Lots of racist jokes. I've been getting a lot of those. Uh, um, for, but uh, at the same time, in, in all genuine, no reps. I get like, a lot of no reps. <laughs> being genuine though, I'm 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 constant. Like wow, John Kim's got shit together man that guy yeah. i'm always in uh, always in praise oh thanks man. so i, I mean that. not never to your face and this is a really <laughs> rare moment yeah and I, and I hope we can all be goldfish i'm gonna put, i'm gonna start with this sure. and i'm yeah, gonna yeah, put yeah. on loop for a long time <laughs> nice. um i'm Andy, i'm really glad you said that actually i was gonna pause and say the same thing like i think more impressive than 18 to 22 year old crossfitters who are breaking world records are the guys who have been doing it for 10 plus years or who are in their 50s and can still do all this crazy stuff i find that remarkably more impressive yeah. like it's not that special to be good when you're 22 I really appreciate the amount of effort the amount of uh, discipline that comes into doing it this many years down the road mm. so yeah, thank, well, thank I'd you. be I remiss if I didn't mention um, Andre and I are also uh, ineffably impressed with you too 
Yeah, I love when you come to class. I love it. Because I'm always like, love you I always check in to see where you're at. And I'm just like, oh, you're still going. Yeah, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, come yeah. on, Andre. You're um, keep going. And honestly, just as, as uh, sappy as it might be, it's also just like, it's a delight to hang out with you. Man. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's so, just, I just, I'm learning like so much so, more about you, but just yeah. like seeing you at the gym, I was like, yeah. I love when you come to the gym. Yeah, and like, you're, you're, you're so cracking happy. jokes and you're yeah. like, you lighten up the place. You're so loose and free. And I'm just like, this is great. This particular sensation, whatever it might be in your head right now, reminds you that like I am not excited that you come to compete because of the score you're going to post. Right. I'm glad that you're there because it's cool to hang out with you. Mm. Exactly. So I don't know many people that disagree with that, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't see. I don't. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about myself anymore. I don't see myself that way. Except because for Pete. I, Pete doesn't like you. Pete at all. doesn't like me. <laughs> <at all. laughs> um, Pete only likes jorts. <laughs> I. Uh, I have a resting bitch face. And I'm very uh, serious and pensive, and I'm not like a smiley guy. And I think because of that, um, until you really get to know me, I mm. come off as, and I've, I've gotten this all my life. Like now, say three dude, nice you're, things. You're, you're like an three arrogant. Nice What's that? Send not say three nice things about yourself. Well, I, I don't want this to be therapy. But I'm saying <laughs> so. Uh, I, I do. I do appreciate that. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for being on my first ever um, in person. So I wanted to give myself this experience because um, as a podcaster, it's very lonely because I'm, I'm either doing it on my phone or like, you know, I'm waiting for tacos. I just do it because it's only 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what, is, what would it be like to invite people into my garage? And I was like, you know what? I don't need to invite celebrities and shit. Like what would be a <laughs> well, cool conversation? Yeah. Well, you guys just, are all stars in, because, in my eyes. Yeah. But mm. um, yeah, I was like, what, what kind of conversation same. can we have just almost like a, a, a fireside chat without the fire because I know it's freezing. But uh, just cool dudes rapping about you know life and fitness and stuff, and I was like, all right, yeah, let's have them come over. Well, so, definitely an honor, man. Thank you. so Yeah, much. it was a gift. Thank you for this experience. Of course. Uh, and also, I want to say, uh, the person with the greatest mental toughness in this room actually is Sarah. <laughs> if you got Sarah's filming, you right guys now. don't know Sarah. Oh my God, She's she filming. went on a show. Hold on, she went on a no. show. No, no joke. Where uh, you go into a cave. This uh-huh. this is a tip of the iceberg. Let, let's just say, just finish the story. Finish it's yeah, it's yeah, mind yeah. blowing. Okay, go ahead. She, okay, so she's done a show called Darkness where she had to be in the dark. I'm talking not kind of dark. You can't see Black. your. Black. Like yeah. you can't see. Whoa. You don't know up from down. You don't know what time of day it is for six days. Where she didn't eat. No food. Where she didn't really drink anything either. Okay, she's like climbed. Navy she's, she's, like, she's, she's climbed Denali. What? She, yeah, she's climbed Denali. She's uh, uh, walked the entire duration of New Zealand Island. <laughs> How long I'm did it take, by the way? Uh, four and a half months. Four and a half months of walking. Walking. Wow. Like whenever we went to come pick wow. her up from the airport, she had walked halfway. John, <laughs> she she gets her own episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you have to interview her next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, absolutely. No, this, yeah. like this, you have made a but... huge mistake. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked the wrong guest. <laughs> yeah. It's she so and she's so That's just like incredible. yeah. Uh, here wow. I'm here. I'm here just yeah. filming, helping out. Yeah. And when and in reality, her story is. It's pretty amazing. She also, you know, takes photographs and is very, very. I can't really believe you let us. Talk. A crazy yeah. artistic yeah. guy. Wow. Crazy. But very again, talented. you know, new generation, man. I'm telling you, uh, all this new generation doing all these different things, spinning different plates. Um, gratitude. It just it makes me feel um, so old that they just they're just like they're not human. You, they're not no like aliens. Hey, like she's like an alien. And uh, what I'd like Who to walks think about for four months. <laughs> <laughs> fucking walks for four months. Walks for four months. Where do you even go? Like, what's the motivation? I just want to see if I can do it. Okay. I mean, they need a movie yeah. after Sarah. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, soon. Anyway. <laughs> you can kind of mesh it all into one four-month period. Be like, get the darkness. Hold on, Denali, just make part of the journey. I, I, I want to end with a question. Um, uh, Tim Ferriss has this thing where it's like, if there was a billboard, what would, you know, uh, what mm -hmm. would that be? But um, one question for whoever's listening to this mm -hmm. that you want to ask, one question that um, may be something that will uh, make them think different, give them new lenses, um, or whatever, or it could be calling them out on something. So um, one question for whoever's listening, and then Sarah, I want you to go as well. So Andre, starting with you, what would be one question? It doesn't just have to be about fitness, it could just be about life, anything. Who would I be? No, you're talking to the listeners, so oh, who sorry. would you be? Okay, so guys, listeners, <laughs> I have to ask you a question. Who would you be if you were not your limitations? Ooh, good one, good one. And by listeners, we mean, um, hey, just say Pete and Jeff. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pete wants to know we're not talking yeah. shit about him. <laughs> uh, when I was 24, I was in a therapy appointment feeling pretty low, mm -hmm. uh, and I was asked a question that I still think about on a near daily basis. I guess it's maybe about fitness, too. Um, I'm really curious about like what happens in athletes' minds when they're working out, like what they're thinking mm -hmm. about, what mm -hmm. what the the, yep. the emotional experience might be, the internal space. Uh, so the simple question that can be interpreted however you like is, who are you in a place of not knowing? Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, guys, let's not make this a competition. No, okay. we're not. Okay. Like that's because <laughs> like, I'm already I'm feeling kidding. almost. No, I'm just kidding. No. Right. Go ahead, Andy. I got one question. What's your favorite part about today? That's it. You're, you're, no, that's my question. I, that's a great question. That's my question. That, you know what? It, it's a great question because. And you can ask it every day. Yeah, no one asks that. Nobody asks that yeah. except for I ask that every day. You, you, Do you want to ask Sarah? That's every amazing. Day. That's, you know what, dude? And, you, and that's why your spirit is so light and you, you light people up. A lot of people ask what was shitty about today every day. Mm. And no, they feed them. Naturally, it's, it's already so ingrained in us to just dump problems versus actually like thinking about hey what was my favorite part about today all oh, that coffee i had this morning was really good you know whatever it <laughs> yeah. is even if it's like six in the yeah. morning hey what's your favorite part of the day <laughs> my question is uh what do you know about yourself today that you didn't know just a year ago so mm -hmm. not when you were 12 or 14 but just before the pandemic what do you what do you know about yourself today that's different all right sarah one one question uh since, yeah actually, you do you want to come into the mic so you can Come on over, Sarah. Um, I would say, or ask rather, um, like, what is the one experience that you truly want to have in your life? Mm -hmm. And it could be, I mean, it could be a physical feat, but it could also be like having a child. It could be so many different things. It could be a feeling achieved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what is the first instinct that your mind goes to when asked that question? Like, where did it go just now? Like, yeah. it went somewhere. And do you feel like it's possible or not? And if not, what is the one thing that you can do to actually move yourself in that direction? Nice. Because it's not, I mean, it's going to be much easier than you think if you, you know, slowly start to tick away and just move towards it. And if it's something that's true for your soul, it'll happen. Thank you. I'm going to go for it. All right. Andre, where, where can we find you? Um, you can find me uh, at Ferro's Athletic, Athletic Club, Club. 1316, Monday through Friday, sometimes on the weekends if I'm feeling frisky, uh, but if not, on uh, Instagram or Twitter at ahall 382 because that is the only thing that spit it out 
when I created a Yahoo email account. Oh, shit. Period. That's hilarious. So it's ahall382 <laughs> for like five emails and all my social media. <laughs> Noah, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram is Noah David with an extra H in the middle. Noah H. David. And uh, at Pharaoh's Athletic Club, almost seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not aware of Pharaoh's, it's P-H-A-R-O-S. Instagram is at Pharaoh's Echo Park. Andy, yes. where, nice. can we, where can we find you? Uh, Andy 86 Tomps. There's no Thompson, like my actual name. It's just Tomps. Andy 86 Tomps. You know, my um, Instagram. You're, you're producing a lot more fitness content, and uh, I'm proud of you because... Uh, it's very uncomfortable. It's, yeah, no, but I'm proud of you because it's uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, um, I think uh, you have a lot of great things today. I think you're helping a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It right. is helpful to hear. Sarah, where can we find you? Hurry up, into the mic. Quick, quick. Um, on Instagram at Sarah Skyan, Sarah with an H, S-K-Y-A-N-N. It's worth checking out. Her photography is phenomenal. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development. ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.